I have so many questions. This has been amazing, Dr. Webb. We'll have to schedule thank a part you so two much. For thank you for doing this, though. Just um, and also thank you for running for Congress to do this Absolutely. because we need people who understand this world and understand medicine up there. I guess I had a big picture question, which is with this initiative that the um, new administration is rolling out for 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 COVID response. Do you think it builds a framework? for a, an actual public health system in our country um, uh, going away from this? Because you said most people don't have a doctor and that kind of kept echoing in my ears. How are we going to be a healthy country when most people don't have a doctor and their, their, main, their main orientation is to avoid the doctor? Right. When, you know, um, hmm. And so I'm just wondering if you think that this builds a runway for people like you and for a, a federal initiative to start building what would look like some type of public health system that means people have doctors who they yeah. trust. And, and, and Giles, you know, I think again, I, the, the lawyer in me alarms going off. It's like, I'm always careful not to speak on behalf of the administration. Sure. I understand. Myself. No. But, but I think that what I would say is that, uh, COVID-19 has changed the game. It's changed the game in terms of what we know about the American healthcare system and how we are all so interrelated, also impacted. And I've I've spent a lot of time thinking about this, even from back when I was campaigning for Congress, you know, to, to now heading into the administration in a, in a pretty different capacity working on COVID and working on equity. We realize just central to the ability for, po- for folks to get and stay healthy, you gotta have access to care. And so I think that it, it does highlight that conversation. Um, and then, like you said, public health infrastructure I think the the proof is in the pudding. Over the last year, we've just seen we don't have an adequate public health infrastructure. We don't have the workforce. We don't have the the ability to rapidly respond to potential crises. Right? We just weren't prepared. What I do know is that this administration, they're definitely keeping that stuff in mind. What what um what President like Biden said the other day when he kind of announced his American Rescue Plan was that first we're talking about rescuing our nation from the grips of this pandemic. Like that is that's what we need to do. That's that's getting vaccines in arms, you know, getting shots in arms. That's making sure that people have the resources necessary uh, to to kind of make it through day by day. Um, there's a whole recovery element of this too. That's uh, you know additionally with. President like Biden has said that he's going to be rolling out as well. And so you've got recovery from all of the the pain and the challenge economically and socially and from a health perspective that this this uh, pandemic has caused. And then there's the, hey, America, wake up call. Are we do we have the kind of systems necessary to have a healthy nation? And I think that um, a lot of people can answer that question with a I don't think so. It's not equitable. It's not fair. Everybody can't say that, you know, our neighbor has access to the care they need right. uh, when they need it. And so that can take a lot of different forms. But but I do think you're going to see a resurgence of those conversations. I think putting my like, you know, political pundit hat on, uh, we got a, a different moment because we have. Um, you know, I, I, of course, I'm a Democrat and I ran as a Democrat and we've got a Democratic House. We've got a Democratic Senate now, got a Democratic president. Hey, and, no and all three have been saying we need access to care for folks. So right. it looks like a good moment to to say, what does that look like? How do we get that done um, in these, these next two years? I think that you know, the urgency right now is getting through this COVID crisis. But I think, you know, it would be it would be folly not to look at how we can expand access in this moment, too. Yeah. Uh, Miss Max, kick it to you. Yeah, I have two questions for you, uh, Dr. Webb. So I have uh, children between the ages of four years old to 16 years old. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm curious um, just what your thoughts are in terms of vaccinating children 
Um, I know for a long while they were talking about kids were less likely to get it when they did. They were less likely to die from it. Um, are they even turning children away because they aren't, um, yeah, they really? just don't fall in that category of right. their health being more compromised, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's the first question, vaccine, vaccinating children. And then the other actually comes from a reporter with Charlottesville Tomorrow. Um, and I believe um, she's heard that UVA is doing well with um, administering the vaccine, but that the local health department um, is um, facing some some challenges. And so she's just wondering, is that staffing issue? Is that a supply issue or what the scenario might be? Yeah, I could yeah. just say, I think we were hearing that the hospital is doing a thousand a day and mm -hmm. that the health district is not, you know, there yet, although the systems are interrelated. So it was kind of like, well, what's going on there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, so I'll start, I'll start with the vaccines and children question. I think that, um, you know, Ms. Max, the first thing to know is uh, we don't know. Uh, we uh, okay. when the, when the studies were designed for the Pfizer vaccine, children weren't included. It went from 16 and up. Um, when in you know 16 year olds, we know 15 to 18 year olds, they behave kind of like adults when it comes to COVID. In terms of you know they're they're similar to a 25 year old. Their body they may end up with some symptoms from it and whatnot. They don't tend to get as sick as older adults or folks with chronic medical conditions, but they can get some of those other symptoms. Um, but you know, the, the vaccine trials didn't include kids on the front end. Moderna started adding in kids uh, in their in their trials. So they had kids ages like 12 to 15. And I think Pfizer started adding in some kids as well. Mm -hmm. And the hope, um, you know, and I've, I've heard this from several people is the hope is that, you know, we're enrolling some older children now, they're going to start enrolling some toddlers and younger kids later. And the hope is that, you know, it's very possible by the end of the summer, we might have, uh, you know, vaccines going to kids as well. Mm -hmm. You know, that that could be a good thing. We know that um, interestingly, you know, kids are usually ones passing colds and, and flu around households. But True. with COVID, it doesn't seem like they are the ones who are usually bringing it into a household and making everybody sick. It's mm -hmm. kind of a unique dynamic. Um, but just the same, we never know how a future variant may work. We know that the the uh, UK variant, there are some early indicators that look like, hey, you know, more kids might be getting sick just because it spreads more visually, it spreads to more people. And so we're seeing more kids getting sick and that's going to be the dominant variant by late March, early April. Um, you know, I think that, that it's just like, okay, we don't want kids getting sick, like period, hard stop. <laughs> we don't want kids getting sick. And so I think that there is a lot of interest in figuring out how to protect the kids as well. Um, we also know there's a multi-inflammatory syndrome, uh, multi-system inflammatory syndrome in kids, MISC, that, that causes a lot, of, a lot of challenges. It happens very rarely, um, but if you see higher numbers of kids getting COVID, that rare outcome is going to happen to more kids, and we don't want to see that. So so again, you're, you're going to see a lot of interest in, in kids, and I think that by hopefully mid to late summer, uh, you might see some efforts to vaccinate kids as well. Okay. Um, to the second question about kind of the vaccine rollout, um, you know, I've been, I'm pretty aware of what's happening at UVA, and I know that, um, you know, certainly this was phase 1A, and, and we haven't spoken about this yet, but this idea of a phased rollout of the vaccine, it was rooted in this idea that we want to prevent unnecessary deaths. But the first phase, phase 1A, was really what we called the jumpstart phase which was trying to get healthcare professionals vaccinated first and folks who work in healthcare settings. And, um, and the reason is that we need healthcare, our system to, to stay afloat. We can't have healthcare workers getting sick and dying because we'll have nobody to take care of the population if they got sick, right? right. So we wanted to get them vaccinated first. That phase 1A here in Virginia, that's about 500,000 people. You know, so, mm -hmm. so we wanted to make sure they were all vaccinated 
and good to go. That's not just doctors and nurses. We're talking about transport. We're talking about food services. We're talking about everybody, the techs, everybody who makes a hospital run. They all need to have access to that vaccine. And I'll tell you, you know, we've gotten, we've had some success at UVA in terms of getting folks vaccinated, but there's always more room to go. There's still, we still see the same challenges of vaccine hesitancy in certain parts of, of the population. And so we still need to get more people vaccinated, but, um, but, you know, doing a good job of, of getting shots in arms. And I think that's good for our community, especially because it's such a big employer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't have as much uh, inside. I haven't been involved in the conversations over the last couple of weeks um, with anybody from, from the Blue Ridge Health District. That's the new name for the Thomas Shepard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, you know, I've been, I've been, you know, doing, doing work more, you know, federally, but I think that, um, you know, I know that their intent and I've seen their posts on social media, on Facebook and on their page, you know, they're revving up to, to get to phase 1B, which is getting to, um, you know, beyond just our healthcare uh, professionals, healthcare workers, but getting to all essential workers, which are our teachers, our childcare, our transportation, our, you know, food service and delivery, all of those different dynamics, every essential service, they fall into phase 1B. All adults over the age of 65, they fall into phase 1B. Every adult with chronic medical conditions, they fall into phase 1B. So we're heading into the part where you really get the big swell. And so I think that's a, that's a different dynamic. It's one thing for a, you know, for, Healthcare systems like, you know, UVA or Sentara Martha Jefferson to be able to vaccinate their, you know, their healthcare, um, you know, workforce. That's a, it's a different dynamic. I think now we're looking at how this uh, plays out with the larger population. I know the Blue Ridge Health District has been um, building to that and making sure they have, um, you know, max vac- vaccination sites. I know Governor Northam talked about it the other day. I know that, um, you know, they're planning on using some some larger localities, uh, some larger spaces locally. And so, um, you know, I think it's, it's a little early to say that um, it's not going well for Blue Ridge Health District because we're really about to see in this phase 1B how the public health vaccination effort really ramps up and, and really does its job. But um, but I would I would just keep a close eye over the coming days and weeks. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thanks. Wow. Um, I think this is a good uh, stopping point uh, for now. And and I know. Cameron, every time I tell you, it won't take that long, but you have such fruitful conversation, <laughs> you know, so it's not even my fault, brother. Like you, you just had so much fruitful conversation. It was me. I, I'm, a, I'm a Gemini. I like to talk, but, but you know, the thing is, I think it's so important for us to get this information out. Yes, and, thank and you. I, I look for every opportunity to answer questions. You know, Dr. Tyson Bell, who's an infectious disease doctor, critical care doctor at UVA. He and I have been doing a weekly uh, COVID yes. update every Monday night uh, from seven to eight on Facebook live. And so if you went to facebook.com forward slash doctor, that's DR Cameron Webb, um, every Monday night, seven to 8 PM, uh, we just do Q and a for an hour. Awesome. And we just, I think it starts with listening to people hearing where they are. Some of it, it's a mix of just questions and then people dropping in the comments, their own experiences, their own concerns. And so it's so important for us to have this conversation as a broader community, make sure that we're all um, getting our questions answered because you you can't expect people to just fall in line. Uh, This wouldn't be America if people didn't have some pushback. And so it's important that that people take their time to to make sure that they, they know um, that that they feel safe. They feel comfortable. Um, What I, what I hope doesn't, happen. I hope that uh, we avail ourselves. We make every opportunity to answer those questions now, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, there are a lot of people who are like, oh, I'll, I'll wait. I want to see some other people vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, while you're waiting, you might get sick. You know, my mom got her shot yesterday. And I always tell people that my mom got her shot yesterday. And so you need to look no further than my love for my mama. And no, I would not mm-hmm. let my mom take a shot that I didn't feel 120. Like, listen, I'm young, I'm healthy. I'll, I'll take on a little bit of risk, 
My mom's 65 years old. Sorry, mom, I didn't mean to tell you. Age, but, but my mom's Shout out to mama, man. Shout out to mama. I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get a whooping. Um, <laughs> but I wouldn't let her. I, I would never advise her to get something that I didn't have complete confidence in its safety and its efficacy. Right, right. right. And so when she came to me and she said, "Hey, let's talk about this," and she's on those Monday night uh, Facebook lives every week. But when she was like, "Hey, what, you know, what do you really think about this?" I gave her my full unqualified support for her getting this vaccine. And my dad's going to get his, he's not 65 yet, but, mm-hmm. but he's going to get his soon too. And I think it's so important that people realize like, listen, my loved ones, I'm recommending it to them too. It's not just because yeah. I'm part of some machine. I want, I want, you know, the, the public to, to be sheep and follow something. It's because I want my parents safe and I want them here for next Christmas. We couldn't do this Christmas. I want them here for next Christmas mm. so that we can uh, we can spend it together. So that's why that's why my parents got the vaccine. My mom got hers. My dad's getting his tomorrow. Um, and I hope it's kind of one of those next steps in our family getting back to normal. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So so y'all heard it. Tune in tomorrow awesome night information. With, with doctors uh, Webb and, and Bell. Yeah, Max, want to take oh, us out? It, well, listen, I'm just now checking my texts oh, yeah. um, um, and it says, ask Dr. Webb about gems. So he's I, laughing. I so I can, I can do that one because I, I love going to the gym. It's a part uh-huh. of the gym and it's part of what keeps me sane. Um, and the gym that I attend, they've done a pretty good job of putting some safety measures in place. But um, but again, as I've been saying, this new strain, little less forgiving. Gyms are the kind of places. They're indoor, enclosed spaces. Uh, people are breathing hard. Those are the kind of spaces where a virus like this can spread, right? So you got to be wiping down machines. If you are the kind of person who's willing to go to a gym, then you better be one of those most careful always wear my mask, mm. wipe down every surface, right. stay 10 feet away from everybody. You, If you're that kind of person, then yeah, I can see you making a gym work for you. But understand in these next couple of weeks and months, um, you know, you, you got to be extra careful. So, I mean, I'll be full disclosure. I do still go to the gym. I, I am also pretty careful at the gym. And I think that, um, you know, I feel more comfortable at the gym now that I've had the vaccine as well. I'm just <laughs> to be candid. And so, um, yeah. so gym, gyms have always been one of those spaces that we say like, Hey, we want people to get exercise. It's good for mental health. And, and I, I, I try in every one of these conversations to, to hit on mental health. Cause let's not lose track of the fact that's a huge part of this dynamic and people need to protect themselves and protect their mental health, especially with all the isolation. But, but keep in mind, you know, the gym is a place that there is some risk. And so make sure if you're there, you are ultra careful uh, and, and kind of going above and beyond to follow all protocols. All right. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Awesome. Good stuff. Thank you, thank you, Doctor Webb, as always. And um, you know, until next time, man, stay safe, man. Keep grinding. You are an inspiration, you know, um, to us, man. And um, you know, uh, man, yeah. So um, much success in, in this new year, um, you know, with, with all the new endeavors. Until we see you next time, appreciate it. That's right. Thanks for having me. Y'all take, take care. care. All right, take care. Bye. I met your family. We will be right back. And that was Doctor Webb. Uh, Such a great conversation. Yeah. Break, bringing us up to speed, um, you know, when it comes to the vaccination. Yeah, I know there's still some naysayers, you know, like we're still getting the inbox, but uh, but you know, but the best we can do is, is educate ourselves and, and just be real with ourselves. And as he said, always check, you know, with your trusted primary care physician if you still have any questions. And he also said he and Dr. Bell are on every week, um, taking you know live uh, questions and, and, and comments as well. So tune in to that tomorrow night. 
Um, and like we said, next hour we are going to be joined um, by Dr. Kevin McDonald, uh, the VP for Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Community Partnerships at UVA. And I'm going to be talking about the MLK celebration this year. I believe this is his first year in, in, in that position. Um, so he, you know, so now he is taking over, um, you know, sort of directing uh, the, the big celebration that runs through the end um, of the month, I believe. Uh, for is put on by UVA and the community. So don't want to miss it. Much more show and uh, some more of your favorite segments and talk is Sir Charles is Miss Max is A.A. Ron. I'm H.O. Y'all.